You're holding the Nefesh Achaim. We're speaking about what the Torah helps a person even after his lifetime, we saw last time how it protects the person from Gehinnom. So Nefesh Achaim brings a number of other Maimorim of Chazal. And we're going to see that there's another level of understanding of what the Torah does for a person even after they die. So once again, we're holding in the middle of Perek Zayn. And he brings the following. He's quoting the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, What's the Yemin and what's the small we spoke about last time? That what a person primarily does is called the Yemin. That's his main objective and what's used to help a person achieve his main objective. The secondary objective, if you want to call it that, is the small. Just like the left hand is meant to assist the right in whatever the project a person is trying to accomplish. But the main activity a person is going to do with his right hand. So we spoke about that in the Torah also. If a person is my meaning bar, he makes it his primary objective. Then he gets Arich Yamim. Arich Yamim is the Ayam Shakuri Arich, which is the Ayam Abarak we spoke about. Basmaila, which means a person is learning Torah. But not Lishma, he's seeing it as a way to work towards something else. So he gets rewarded in this world. It's a flash of a covet. In other words, there's still a benefit to Torah even if it's not Lishma. Then those are the those are the two levels of reward it's going to be. Now the Zayin continues with the Nevshchai brings the Zayin Ashas Chayisaya and the pasuk Gal Einai Vabita Niflois Mitarasecha. Uncover my eyes, Hashem, that I should see Niflois wonders in your Torah. And on that the Zayin quotes Kama Bnei Adam Tipshin. How foolish people are. They don't understand and they don't see, make sure to focus and spend their time on their Torah. Begin, because all the life and all the freedom is in the Torah. The whole type and everything which is good. In this world and in the next world. It's the freedom of this world, it's the freedom of the next world. It's life in this world that a person has a shchayim shleim, complete life in this world. And also for the life of length, which is the endless life of Adam Abba. And he goes, the Zohar goes back and says again, begin because the life of Torah is inon chayim shleimim. That's a complete life. Inon chayim dechayru, that's life of freedom. Chayim belay atzivu, life without sadness. Chayim the inon chayim life, which is life. It's freedom in this world and freedom from everything. The command is titled by Raisa, No other nation can have jurisdiction over them. And therefore, command is titled by Raisa, He's free from everything. Freedom in this world means freedom from subjugation of the other nations. And Khair Ba Amud Asi begin the Rayit Pumina Dina Bahai Amukha. And he finishes off the Zayr and he says, so that we see that there's an attribute, an element of Khairus, of freedom in Torah. And the person's freezes from everything, both in this world and in the next world. 
And the way it expresses itself in this world is that it's free from the Umas And the way it expresses itself in the next world is the fact that it's free from the Makatrig of Shemai. That's the first quote he brings, and he brings a toned video. The toned video, the pasuk for anachal yare al svosim yizeh umizeh kol eitzmachol. That from the river will come up on both of its banks, will sprout forth trees with fruits, and these trees won't have to fear the sun; they won't get dried out, they won't wither because they have enough nourishment, enough water they can suck from the river. So, what's the illusion of these trees in the river? It's Nevov Yecheskel talking about a river which will come out of the Kodesh HaKadoshim in the future and uh, there will be trees who, which will be sustained from this river which will line the river banks. And the allusion to that the Don Veliel says Lamelecha Kara Oisek B'Tayra and the Ramelus Aparadis The water is the Torah the trees are the people who nourish themselves from Torah who sustain themselves in Torah and the person who does it has never to worry about the sun which means never severe punishment Ben by the in this world, Ben Yimois Ben David Tam Mashiach Ben Olam Abba. Kamashi Pirshu, the Chazal explains on the pasuk which is talking about the Torah, and the pasuk literally says, "Besanechacha, Tainecha Yisach." When you walk, the Torah will lead you. Meshach b'chatishmarech, when you sleep, it will look over, watch over you. Ve'akitzasi tosichecha, and when you wake up, it will be what you speak about. And on that, the Gemara is darish the pasuk that "Besanechacha, Tainecha Yisach" is in this world. That if a person is directed by the Torah, when the person is dead, he's in the kever, that's called sleeping euphemistically, the Torah watches over him. So when you wake up, that's going to speak for you. And one last error, and then Brother Shem will explain the idea with using all three together. And the Torah of Hashem is perfect. And he comments, How much do people apply themselves to working on Torah? Anyone who works on Torah will have life in this world and the next world. He'll merit to both worlds. And even if a person has Torah, but he doesn't learn it as properly as he should. At least what he's going to merit a reward in this world, and he'll be safe from being punished in the world to come. We talk about the Ksiv, Arikhamimimina, like we brought the Gemara before. The Arikhamim, Bahod, Ishadu, Baras, Lishma, Yisla, Arikhamim. The one who started Lishma will get Arikhamim, which is Ayla Haba, which the Zara says, Bahu Alma, the Bay Arikhamim, in that world where life is forever. And Bismillah Shabbat Kavod, Agatav, Rewards, Bishalva, Jishalem, Islay, Bahayam, we'll have in this world. And now the guys there is going to describe to us uh, graphically how the process works. And there is Kalman, the Ishtadil, Bayraisi, Lishma. Anyone who learns Torah, Lishma, for the right reasons. Kadnafik, Mayam, when he leaves this world, Ayraisa, Azla, Kameh. The Torah goes in front of him. Bakhrazaz, Kameh, and it's announced in front of him who he is, Vaginus, and it protects him. That the forces of punishment shouldn't approach him. When the body is lying in the grave, he naturally watches over him. The mace of the asra, 
And when the neshama wants to go back to its place, he has this kama, the neshama goes in front of the neshama, mekama tarin itavra mekama, the raisa and a number of gates are broken in front of the Torah, add the aras the until it can come to its place, mekama led the barnash. And the Torah stands above the person, add the yisar bezimu dekuman mesayad alma, until the time of tchiyas amesim, when the dead arise, and when that happens, it's going to be his defender. And then the Pasuk says, the same Pasuk the Gemara quotes, in brief, the Zohar is now elaborated on, which is while the person's body is in the grave. The body is judged in the grave. And then again, the Torah protects him. And when he wakes up, the Torah will speak for him. And when the time when the dead arise from the ground, he is going to be the defendant who's going to speak up for the person. So here we see an elaboration on that idea of the Torah helping a person after he dies both in taking his neshama, it says, up to Shemaim, um, similarly protecting his body in the cavern, and afterwards being his defendant at the time of Tchus What's it referring to? And what does this do with the first that we mentioned? That we said the Torah is Chayrus. It provides freedom from everything in this world and the next world. So, maybe we'll start with the second there first. First, explain the process which the Torah is referring to, and then see what he adds. The principle is like this: we know that in this world, there's a connection between the spiritual and the physical parts of a person, and therefore, within the person is his body, is his nefesh, it's connected to his ruach, which is his identity, his personality, it's connected to his neshama, which we spoke about last time, his connection to Hashem. While the person is alive, so all of them are united; they're all one force. And everything a person does is affected by and causes an effect on all of them. But what happens when a person dies? So let's first talk about the process for a tzaddik, and then talk about the process for a rasha. For a tzaddik, when a person dies, what happens is, so there's a break in the connection of all those factors. Normally when a person's alive, there's a connection of his ruach to his nefesh, to his body. And when a person dies, so then there's a separation between those elements. How does it separate? So, like any chain, if you pull both ends of the chain, where it's going to break is wherever the link is weakest. So we're talking between the links of the chain of a person, which was really uh, the way that Nefesh Chaim describes it. The highest link is the person's connection to his Neshama, which is his connection to Hashem. Then there's the link of the Neshama connecting to the Guf, I'm sorry, to the Ruach, the Ruach, connects to the nefesh, the nefesh connects to the body. Now, when it's going to separate, so what's going to happen is, the neshama remains connected to the Baruch That link is inseparable. The nefesh, being as its job was to be considered the life force of the body, the nefesh remains around the body. It's no longer in the body, but it's, it's above the body. And therefore, when a person dies, his nefesh is above him, and then afterwards, the nefesh settles on the kever, which is why we've always said the graves that is called the nefesh. I in the fashas that tzaddikim, because that houses the nefesh. 
It's also why it's shaykh to uh, go to the grave of a tzaddik to ask them to intercede with Hashem because there's a certain element of the nefesh which remains there and therefore there's a way that a person can still maintain contact, so to speak, uh, with with the, the tzaddik through the nefesh which remains by the body and it's meant to remain there until the time of Tchir when it can re-enter the body. The critical point is where the Ruach goes. Because like we said, that many times the Ruach is the person's identity, this experience of self, the concept of who they are, and where a person feels himself. And now, the question is, when the Neshama remains attached, no matter, so to speak, to its source, the Nefesh remains with the body in some way, where is the person going to be? Where is his Ruach going to be? So if he's a Tzadik, then in his lifetime, he identified more with his Neshama than his body. And he saw himself primarily as as some someone who wants to connect to Hashem. Then after he dies, it doesn't change. The connection of the Ruach to the Neshama gets even stronger. There's, not, there's nothing pulling it in another direction. And he made it will go up to Shemayim to join the Neshama in the experience of its connection to Hashem. If you're talking to Chassam about the Rasha, it didn't identify with its neshama, it wasn't aware of it even. He identified with his body, he identified with his physicality, or with his tivus, whatever it might be. So then, really, the, the ruach stays, wants to stay connected to the nefesh. And therefore, the break is going to be that it loses its connection to his neshama. But that's a ruach which is, in a very, which is going to be very affected. Why? Because there isn't the opportunity for it to connect to a nefesh after the person's dead the same way. The body isn't operational anymore. And therefore the Ruach really finds itself without a place to be. It can't connect to its neshama. It doesn't belong there. It doesn't have a connection to Shemayim. But it's, on the other hand, it can't go back into the body, which it did feel connected to because the body no longer can house the Ruach. And therefore the Ruach is what's called in the national Nach in a place of limbo. In a place where it doesn't really have a place to be, if you call it, uh, that's a level of oinesh that the Ruach of a Russian can experience. That's the system. Now, therefore, the first step when a person dies is the question is, where's, where's their Ruach going to go? The second point is, even if the person's identity and his Ruach will go to the level he deserves, let's say a tzaddik of reward, what happens to the body? which is left behind in this world. So we know that the nature of the body, Hashem said, ki offer atavel offer tashav, is going to disintegrate in the ground. And that, the Gemara tells us, is a certain level of tsar for the body, that it's, uh, that it's uh, disintegrates. And that's how the Gemara tells us examples of a number of tzaddikim, that, that they, even after they died, the body remained shalem, the body remained whole. That didn't happen to them. Now, this is a certain schus which a person has to have because normally the nature of the body is it will disintegrate into the ground. That was the clara given to Adamarisha. And it needs a special schus to protect the body that shouldn't happen. And lastly, we know that as long as, long as this world continues, there is going to be that. Uh, separation between the body which is re- and the nefesh which remain here in the, in the ground and the uh, ruach and hafri and the sham of a tzaddik which are in Shemayim. But we heard Asad Lavai before Ayla Ava. So there's a Tchir Samesim and the Kodesh Baruch Hu 
recreate the unity between the body and the neshama. And the point of that is in order to judge everybody. I think Morris is in Hedrin that the way Hashem judges isn't the Ruach by itself or the Nefesh by itself or the body by itself because all three participated in what the person did. So we're talking about the Tariq, all three were participants in creating the Tariq. It was the sacrifice of the body and the work of the Nefesh and the Dibkhir of the Ruach. We're talking about the Rasha, then it was really all three which added to the crime. So rather than judging each part of the person, Hashem recreates the person as a whole, brings all the Pukharakim back together again, and then the person gets judged as one entity. And the Ramban and then the Sharagamul explains this point, and he says that's why he argues with the Rambam, he says that's why there will be a of the body also before Elam Abba, even though Elam Abba is a spiritual existence, and as such, really the body doesn't need to be there. A person can enjoy that on a spiritual level. But he says, since the body was a part and a partner of a person's achievement and deserving Adam Abba, so it's only right that the body becomes a part of the reward as well. Now, that's for the Tariq. But before Adam Abba, this was called Yamad in And the reason why that's called Yamad in is because no one can really be judged and given a final status judgment until then. Why? Because you know that the way that a person is judged in Shemaim isn't just for what they did, but they also judge and also held accountable for the results of what they do. And because of that, if a person, let's say, taught Torah in this world, so of course they can be rewarded at the time for the Torah that they taught, but if the Torah they taught is now going to be taught over by their students and transmitted more, and in the future generations of people will still be learning that Torah, so each time it's giving more merit to the person who taught it. And if that's the case, so then they can't reward him for something which is still an open account is still accruing more and more, more credit, more and more interest. And same thing then in the other way around. If a person did an Avera of some sort, and the Avera didn't end with that person's death, it continued afterwards, so then then that's an ongoing source of of onish, of punishment for the person, and as a result of that, we can't close the accounts with him when he's still doing more and more punishment. And that's why, for example, we find that there is Shayim in Gehinnom and they're staying there indefinitely. It's not just for what they did wrong in their lifetimes, it's also for the ongoing, so to speak, effect that they caused around the world. For example, the Gemara Gitan talks about the fact that Bilam is in Gehinnom and is being judged the whole time. Because Bilam, besides his own Averis, as Chazal Taras, he introduced the level of immorality, promiscuity into the world and uh, the more the world so to speak, continues on the track of Bilam, the more punishment Bilam is going to be gathering for that okay, so that's the idea of what happens to a person and only when this world's finished and now everything can be tallied in its final form, how much reward, how much punishment, how much we're going to so to speak, see as the net total of a person's actions then there's going to be the final Yamadina Gadol which can determine what the person's end reward or punishment is going to be. And now with that background we can understand the Zara he brought, which is very an, an elaboration of the Gemara. How does the Torah assist the person? So the process defines three stages. The first way the Torah assists the person is Bisalakha. When he's walking and the way the Gemara explains it when he's still in this world. And like we know from a number of Khazals, the 
metaphor given for this world is walking. A person can go somewhere, a person can achieve, a person can gain something. And now when a person is in the world of being able to achieve and able to progress, so then the Torah's ability is it's going to lead a person, it's going to guide a person. Because without the Torah, a person wouldn't know what's the right way to live that, what's the right way to develop and to grow and to achieve, or what's the wrong way. And therefore the Torah's ability in this world is to guide the person, to teach him what's right, to teach him what's the correct way to achieve, and that's going to develop the person to make them great. That's the Torah as a guide. And that's what a person's alive, and uh, it can change, and is meant to be led, is meant to be led, is meant to be directed. That continues on the level of the person's after he dies as well. That's the first thing the Zara says, certain Khadishavi here, and that is the Torah Adlas Kameh, the Torah goes in front of him and brings him to his place. It brings him to his place. In other words, that same concept of the Torah which led him in his lifetime and brought him to the level of whatever he achieved. So if a person was faithful to that, and even after he died, the Torah will lead him also to the place of his reward, to the Ganeidin that he deserves. And uh, the Gemara says in the Zara as well, and then on the Pasuk, Mahalach, the Falechotzikhev, your righteousness will go in front of you. And there's an element of the, the person being led to the, the place where he deserves reward by the Tzachotzikhev, by, by the righteousness, by the Torah that he learned, by the mitzvahs that he did. That's the first point. That applies to the person's Ruach, which is in this world, what followed the Torah, what knew the Torah, and in the next world is going to be uh, what gains the reward of the, from the Torah, because like we said, that's the person's identity. And because that's the person's identity, that's who he feels his, himself to be. That's the step, first step. Besides that, there's the body, and we said we're going to the body, so then the body remains in the cavern. And now there's a certain level of, we call the Mare de Dina, there's a certain punishment which should apply to, uh, which applies to the body, that we saw, and that is that there's a concept of Chivet HaKever, so to speak, disintegration of the body. And why does the body have to disintegrate? So, simply, it's uh, part of the Oynesh, which was given to other permission, and the reason for that punishment is because when a person enjoyed, let's say, what they weren't meant to enjoy in this world, so then one of the halkhim of the din is however much pleasure they got, which was incorrect to get, so there's a, a commensurate, there's an equal level of suffering, and therefore as much as the person uh, took pleasure of this world, which wasn't correct, so there's a certain suffering that the body has to suffer in place of the pleasure that it got. Now, on that, there's the concept of Maya Dina, the angels whose job is to exact punishment, or the forces of of the punishment of the spiritual, whatever we're going to call them. On that, the Torah is Tishmar On that, the Torah guards a person. And that is the one to affect him, and as we saw previously, that there is that concept of Tadikim who don't disintegrate. The Gemara has a number of Amaraimat, you know this about, but you also know it about a number of Tadikim. Normally we wouldn't be aware of it because we're not allowed to open the cover, 
but for those who, for whatever reason, they had to move, uh, move them from where they were to a different place, and the body was still complete, the body was still whole, which means it never had this punishment, it was protected. And what protects it? The Torah. The Torah Tishmar protects the person even after his body, even after he's dead. And what does it mean? How does it do that? It means it does this, and this is the principle we mentioned before, and that is that the person who dedicates himself to Torah and prioritizes his connection to Torah, so we said that he makes his body into a repository which houses Torah. And if that's the case, just like we learned in Aaron HaKodesh, which is a, something which is meant to hold the Sefer Torah and has no other purpose, that's what it was planned, that's what it was created for, and that's what it does. So then it becomes Kodesh as a Tashmisha Kedusha, as an item used of Kedusha. And it can't be destroyed, just like a Torah can't be destroyed. Same thing, a person who becomes the Aaron His body becomes something which holds the Torah. His body which is not used for anything else. It's primarily something which is meant to be a vehicle of Torah. So then it becomes Kodesh Kedusha Torah. And when that happens, so then it can't be destroyed. Like anything which has Kedusha. And then it made the Torah that a person learned in his lifetime then invest a certain level of Kedusha into that person, even his body, that he's gone, he, he doesn't get destroyed. It becomes a Dovish of Kedusha, which will remains time, uh, remains in existence. That's a Shmir, that's a protection that Torah gives a person. And the last one, when a person is aroused for the in, for the Agadol, so then he has to defend himself in front of the basin, who's going to decide, so to speak, what his final level is going to be. Zara tells us the Torah is going to be his son, he's going to be his defender, he's going to be the one who speaks up for him. Now, the question here is that people have a little bit of a misconception of how the basin Shalmada works. Because we, even though there is a comparison to the, a human court, there's also a big difference. And that is when it comes to a human court, so then the judges don't necessarily know what happened and uh, they don't not always are aware of all the details and therefore it's the job of either the witnesses to fill them in on the information and then it's the job of the defense or the prosecutor to interpret the information to look at it as positive or negative and, uh, and convince the judge to see it in that light and the question is what's really the truth? Well. Each side is going to claim that what they're saying is the truth, but part of the job of the prosecutor, defender, whatever it's going to be, is to try and present things from their point of view. In the basic matter, it doesn't work like that. There's no shaker. And if that's the case, whatever that was real is real. What the person really did is what they did, and that's not debatable because there's no question about what happened. Hashem knows what happened. Uh, we talk about the Aine Hashem Hashem's eyes, as it were, which see everything. So there's no doubt about what happened. And also, Hashem knows the person's thoughts and feelings and intentions. So we can't argue about what the person's intention was and try and make it better or worse than the reality because we can't lie. The reality is not. So in what way is the Torah going to defend the person? What's the emiss is the emiss. And the answer is, this is the side, that a person is very complex. And ever since Adam ate from Eitzadas, there's a mixture within a person of Tevera. 
In fact, they even as the Farshan explained, that was the nature of the Eitz Das. It was the H which was Das, which was a combination of Tavira. And ever since then, what a person does isn't 100% good or 100% bad. There could be an element of good in what they're doing, an element of bad in what they do. And they're both excellent simultaneously. And that's just the question of what's primary, but that's already not so clear because there's an element of when a person does something, what's good and which isn't good. As an example, a person decides, I want to be the first one in the cradle in the morning. So there's a certain element of Asmada. I don't want to waste time. I want to be there early. I want to make sure to learn and to maximize the ability to learn. There's an element of COVID. Or they want to think of me as the biggest masmi. So which one is it? Well, I can't answer this one, not that one, because it's true. the truth is there's a certain amount of both. But if that's the case, so now if you're going to, if you're going to have to judge a person, you're going to have to judge a person, so now if it would be right to say this was a negative thing, that's it's a positive thing. Because like we said, there's a certain amount of both in what the person is doing. So that would be the case so based on what can we judge the person? Based on what can we decide? So that's where the Torah can act as the synagogue. That's where the Torah can act as a person's defendant. Why? Because even though a person is a mixture of Torah and Ra, is a, an, it has a certain uh, positive and negative motivation in what they do. It's very rare that a person does a nice 100% Lishma. It's also very rare that a person would do something completely as a rush with absolutely no just like possible way of justifying what they're doing something good but being as that's the case when the Torah can say that this person wanted to learn Torah yes there were other things involved as well but we're talking about again the primary a person wants to learn Torah which means it's not obvious he's learning Torah for some other reason there's an element wants to learn Torah as well and that becomes a that becomes a so to speak a deciding factor the fact that the person wanted to learn Torah, then that's uh, that's the matter that, so to speak, the basin is looking for. And therefore, if the Torah would be the one to give witness, this person wanted to learn, this person's ASIC and the primary objective and what they dedicate themselves to was learning Torah, it's true that a person is medicine. And it's true that there are other things which could influence the purity of their attention, but the primary point was Torah. So then that becomes the, the factor which is going to determine that that we see what they did as something which was part of their Torah learning, and that's going to look at it, make it be looked at in the positive sense. So that's the Torah's ability. We spoke about after a person's life, and that is the ability to continue to lead the person, just like an enemy in this world, and that's talking about the person's Ruach, and we'll lead it to its place in Eden. Again, the quote was the Zayr. When he described this idea, he says... The Torah is Aziz Kameh, it goes in front of him, by Guinness today, protects him, uh, and then after he talks about it, Vakamat Tarin Itavim Vakamat Daraisa, Ad Arasidokta. How many gates can be broken down by the Torah until it brings a person to his place? Which means that there's levels in Shemaik, where a person's Zaykhitu, and the person who's Zaykhitu to learn Torah, then the Torah brings him to a much higher place. It opens all the doors, so to speak. And that's a, the continuation of the process here. A person who was led by Torah here will be led by Torah there too to be brought to the high level he's meant to get to. The second point, and that is the... The second point is the fact that a person 
dedicated himself to Torah, so he's Makadish himself, like an Aaron Kodesh, and the Torah will protect him in the grave, that it can't be destroyed like anything of Kodesh can't be destroyed, not even his body. And lastly, the fact that it was a person's primary objective and interest in the world will be then seen as the way to view everything he did. It will all be seen as part of his learning Torah, and if that's the case, so then he's got, that's all part of the reward. That's the Torah's, so to speak, defense of the person. So yes, at the time of can eat supper, is he doing this because he enjoys eating chicken or because he is a, a taiva for physical pleasure? Or not? It's something which after is going to go and learn. So he needs to eat, he needs the energy. So like I said, therefore the Torah can provide the perspective, the backdrop against which we see everything else, and that becomes a source of reward as well. That's the side of the Gemara, how the Torah protects the person. And Yimela, going back to what he brought before that, he doesn't be afraid of the punishments. Like the trees don't have to fear the sun, same thing a person is connected to Torah, he doesn't have to fear punishment. Not the punishment of uh, the, the disintegration of the body, and also not the oinesh of Rasid Lava, because the person who's rooted, is connected to Torah, the Torah is there to protect the person. That's the story we want to talk about today. This is still the last element of the Khairus, of the freedom which comes from Torah, which we really began to talk about in the previous year, where the show. We'll continue to talk about it next time.